0: Second Timothy. Right, right, Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three, verse verses sixteen and seventeen. The three, uh, two verses over there in the end. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. If you are there, let's read this all together. Just two verses. If you are there, let's start reading now from verse number 16. Together now, ready, read. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God <clears throat> and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and to all good work. So our, th- our our message today is all about the Bible, about the Word of God. So let's pray. Our Father God, thank you, Lord, once again for bringing us together into this place of worship. Bless, Lord, your people, and bless me also as I deliver your Word to your people. Touch my mouth, Lord, and my lips, and make me, Lord, be able to utter um, the words that you want me to speak to your people, to strengthen them, to encourage them to, to the work, and help them, Lord, in their, in their walk. And I pray that uh, we'll all be guided by your Holy Spirit and the Word of God. <clears throat> now, Lord, we just um, pray, O oh God, that you will um, help us today and give us uh, uh, good um, nourishment once again from your words. And help us, Lord, that we will be able to understand the principles and the precepts, so that, Lord, we can apply this into our daily walk with you. And bless your people once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> we are still um, in the first few weeks of the year, and it is my desire that all of us will be um, strengthened this year. And again, there's no other time in the year to to bring all this uh, equipping and all these messages that we need um, to to grow and also to be strengthened so that all of us uh, will be uh, the more useful and the more effective in the work of the ministry. So again, um, it is really important for our church people to be more equipped and it is no other equipping there than the Word of God. It is the Bible. And I, I just realized, I'm not really following Facebook, not so much. And sometimes I can just see um, people sending me message and messenger, and, and I look at it. And there was this, um, uh, there was that uh, video clip of uh, the celebration there in the Philippines about um, the, the government in the Philippines uh, giving the Bible Baptist churches. A day to celebrate. It's like a law, never before happened, that we have that kind a law being promulgated and and, and you know enacted, and that law is giving the Bible Baptists you know the the day to celebrate, and that was Friday. That's the first year of this, that celebration, and I watched there. Wow, it's a beautiful uh, thing to think about. It's very uncommon because normally the the state you know is g- going against the bible going against the um, uh, the church, but you see um, it was it was it it was, it was something that you know very uncommon and again um, we as the uh, the people of um, the book, uh, the Bible, we, we are so glad and to see that we have freedom and people can, can take leave and, and, and attend to that um, activity. Uh, it is because it is already approved into law. And again, uh, I thank the Lord for those people who are behind it. And it was really um, something, a, a big, um, a big uh, victory for the word of God. And that is for the Filipino people. And we thank the Lord for that. But again, um, we are here in the church, and this year might be, you know, there will be tough days ahead of us, and we need to be strengthened, we need to be equipped with the knowledge on on the basics of our faith. I'm only speaking of the basics. We are not going to delve ourselves into the complicated, you know, uh, uh, doctrinal positions and, and, and controversies and perhaps... Those uh, things that are that are uh, very, very sensitive, but again, this is just the Word of God and we will just go through this and, and see to, to ourselves and to align ourselves if there's something that we are not uh, in alignment to uh, the will of God and His word. So in this message this morning we are going to see verses that will of course help us establish, in the faith, and also help us to see and love the Word of God that we have. This is a gift of God to us. But just bear in mind that the Bible that we are holding right now, the Bible that we we dear and and we uh, we love, the Word of God that we have in our hands, um, this Bible is not a book of philosophy. Although some people are considering that this is, Um, philosophical, but actually it is philosophical, but this is not a book of philosophy. Our Bible um, also um, is not a book of science. However, if you go into the pages of of the Bible and see, you can see there is no discrepancy between a certain facts of science and the Bible. In fact, it's the Bible that encourage these scientists to go into this. And and there are so many discoveries that first of all, they read from the Bible and then scientists go into where is that? And then they found it. And also the Bible is not a book of history. But you can find that um, the Bible is accurate when recording history. But again, we we will not consider our Bible to be the book of history. The Bible is coming from God. The Bible is given to man from God. And God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior, as he said in John 14, verse number 6. That um, He said in John 14, verse 6. Verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. By me, in other words, no other person, no other God, no other Savior, but the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can see also um, that Jesus Christ was speaking in John chapter, um, John chapter 5, verse 39. He was speaking that um, the Word of God is just talking about Him. He is the center and He is the circumference. The Lord Jesus Christ is the center of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And he is, the, he is the center also of history from the beginning to the end. He is the one, that, uh, the center of all. And our Bible, as we know it, our Bible is as high above all other books as the heavens are above the earth. That is how the disparity between, between the books of the earth and the Bible Someone has said this before. It says that about the Bible, read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. And practice it to be right. And that is the Word of God. Now, what makes this Bible different? In fact, superior from other books. This morning, we have a few things that we are going to see about Uh, the superiority of our Bible. We call it superior because this is the inspired Word of God. The Bible is inspired. In our text, it says here, all scripture from Genesis to Revelation um, is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So we believe that the Bible is God's word. We believe that um, the Bible, including both the, the the Old Testament and also the New Testaments, the Bible is a divine revelation of God, uh, and again, which verbally inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And we see the Bible as a special. Um, divine revelation of God to man. And uh, we say revelation because it is God. It is God uh, making himself, giving self-disclosure in the Word. He revealed himself in the Word of God. It is God making himself known to man. And God has revealed himself in a limited way through nature. And nature will tell us that there is God But again, there are are more that we discover about God um, beyond the nature. There are more that we discover about God through his word. And we we call it a special revelation in the sense that it goes beyond what may be known about God through nature. And it is the divine revelation. uh, the, the divine Lord, the divine God, is the one, the origin of all these things. He was the one who started all these things. The earth uh, came to, to its existence because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that, I think yeah, he mentioned that, that he created all things in John chapter, if I'm not mistaken, chapter 3. Oh no, John chapter 1, verse number 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you see the word, Word, is capitalized. That means that is the title. That is, the, the, that is not just the word uh, written word, but it is a person. And that is the person of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And verse number 3 is my text. It says... All things were made by him, by Jesus Christ. And, and he said, uh, and without him was not anything made that was made. And verse number 14, he says, and the word was made flesh. So he, before he became man, he was already in existence in heaven as the son of God. But he became flesh right. in order for us, you know, um, to receive him as savior. Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ came into existence in, in verse number 14 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and again he revealed himself through the Bible. Before even the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, He was already, you know, prophesied that His coming, the Son of God, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. And indeed, it came; it came through when Jesus Christ arrived. And again, we see the Bible as a unique revelation from God. the Bi- The Bible is unique. Why it's unique? Because it is God's revelation recorded in human language. I believe, you know, the first language there is like Hebrew because the Lord, God, wrote, you know, the, the Ten Commandments in tab- tablets of stones. And he wrote it in Hebrew. According to our text in 2 um, Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 to 17... The words of Scripture are inspired. What is the word inspired? God breathed. It is God who, you know, breathed out the word. And this implies that God is the source or God is the origin of what is recorded in Scripture. And God, through the Holy Spirit of God, used human instrumentality to write the revealed word. In the Bible. Some people will say, no, I don't believe in the Bible. It's just written by man. Of course, God used human instrumentality because God wants man to be saved and God wants man to understand. If the Lord wants to save the pigs, he should have used the pigs to write the Bible to, to, to make the pigs saved. But he uses human instrumentality because he knows his target is humankind Human beings, he wants humans um, to understand his way, so he put that in the Word of God in the in the order that man can understand his will. And sure enough, we have the Bible that shows us what is God's will to us. God wants us to be saved. in In John chapter six, verse number forty. John chapter six, verse number forty. It says. Uh, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. So all of us might have ever, everlasting life, and that is the purpose and the will of God to us. And all these people that pinned this Bible, all these people that wrote this Bible, they, they were not just um, mere copyists or, or transcribers. It is the Holy Spirit of God who guided and controlled each one of these writers um, of Scripture to write those words that the Holy Spirit was intending. The Holy Spirit is orchestrating all this from different times and different places and different generations. And we have the Bible right now, uh, you know, compact in this book that we have um, in our hands. The Bible does not just contain the word of God, but the Bible is the word of God indeed. So the, the writers here of the Bible did not write by natural inspiration or or an act of the human will. Ah, I want to write the Bible, that's my goal. No. No one, no one in this world that has his goal to write the Bible and, and, and put it in the canon of scripture. All this, you know, um, the Bible is not just an idea. The Bible is the mind of God. It is God, you know, who wants this to be put together. That is why this Bible is superior. Our Bible is superior than any other book. This is not an act of the human will, but rather of God. That is what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1, verse number 21. It says, therefore, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. In fact, King David once said in Second Samuel chapter thirty-two, verse number two. Oh, sorry, twenty-three. Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. Verse number 2, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. That is what David said. And he said, um, again, um, it is the word of God that God placed in His tongue. It is the word of God, not His word. Because, you know, um, it was God who allows these men to pin the words of what God is intending. And it is really clear that the Bible is coming from a divine author. Divine because it's heavenly. It's coming from above. It is God who um, authored the Bible. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. And we see here man as an instrument, and the Holy Spirit of God uh, was the one authoring the Bible, and therefore, as the result, we have in our hands the infallible Word of God. In other words, the word infallible is uh, something that cannot go in error. It cannot go in error. So we have a Bible that is trustworthy. In Psalm chapter 119, verse number 89. Psalm 119, verse number 89. Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. This Bible that we are holding was, was, um, you know, coming to this world uh, and approved by the king of uh, England, by King James in 1611. But actually, the word of God was settled in heaven, you know, forever. In other words, from the beginning, way before 1611, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 35 Matthew chapter 24 verse number 35 heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away Amen. Jesus Christ has spoken that this world that we see this building this building no matter you know how strong this would be this will this building will melt in fervent heat Everything that we see, this ground that we are standing on, all of this will be pulverized and this will explode and nothing can be found in the time to come. This world that we are living in, this place that we are residing, this will all go away in the time to come. But the word of God will never go away. The word of God will remain here forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. In Psalm chapter twelve, verse number six and seven, Psalm chapter twelve, verse verses six and seven, the words of the Lord are pure words, a silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. My friend, we have an amazing book, an amazing uh, word of God. And this amazing Word of God is inspired, but, there's a but, this Bible is a difficult book. This Bible is not readily understandable to every person. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14, says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. The Bible says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Verse 14 again, notice this, these few words. Verse 14, but the natural man, natural man. My friend, that means the natural mind of man. Natural mind of man. That natural mind of man by itself does not have the capacity to discern the word of God. Our mind, when we read the Bible, cannot grasp the meaning of it. We need the necessary aid to enable us to understand and to see what God says. And that aid and that help is coming from the Holy Spirit of God. You know, a car, no matter how beautiful or no matter how expensive it might be, it cannot run without the power. Can it be petrol or battery? It cannot run without it. So is the man. No matter how intelligent, no matter how educated man can be, he needs the Holy Spirit of God to understand the Bible. The Bible is a difficult book. Why? Because it came from the infinite to the finite. In other words, it comes from the unlimited, all-powerful God to a limited man. The mind of God is so vast and big, we cannot fathom God's mind. But therefore, because it comes from heaven to earth, we cannot understand the Bible as we would. We cannot understand the Bible as as we want it. Because the Bible, you know, has a lot of mysteries there if you do not know the Lord. If you do not know God. We can understand the books of philosophers if you're really diligent in studying books and and philosophy. You will understand them. Our world has produced um, philosophers in the caliber of Plato and Socrates and uh, uh, Confucius or Nietzsche, these people, they have written, you know, all these uh, books, and there are many others. You can study their writings, you can study their books with a natural mind, and by, by diligent application, you can grasp their profound meanings. But the word of God does not afford man of the same ready ability to grasp his word. The Bible is not designed by natural man to understand. That is why we have that verse, The natural man receiveth not the things of God. The Bible cannot be understood with the natural mind. God has purposely designed the Bible to be taken with the spirit of God. And you see a lot of Bible I mean a lot of people read the Bible but they cannot go anywhere. They don't understand it and many of us could not understand easily. That is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. The natural man this receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And you see that, again, um, the, the Word of God does not afford man to give the ready understanding of God's Word because... This God's Word has purposely designed by God to be read and to be taken with the aid and with the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because if our Bible could be understood by natural man, then it would be a natural book. And could not be the Word of God. Now, since the Bible is from God, and therefore spiritual... Before you can approach the Bible, you have to receive its teaching and you have to submit yourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. And that is the problem with man. The philosophers in this world are mostly repulsive and they are appalled to the idea of submission to a God. They don't allow it and they don't want it. They do not want to submit to a God, and that is foolishness, and that is ridiculous to them. And that is exactly what the Bible says. They are not, you know, going to submit to the will of God or to the word of God, because they are foolishness unto them. It is foolishness to them. And their self-worth and their pride would just drive them to oppose and even challenge every Word of God. Whatever God says in the Bible, the philosophers will oppose it. And they will try their best to prove that God is wrong and they are right. But until today, they are still proving wrong. They are still on the wrong side. So God wants us, people who believe in God, wants us to always approach the Bible praying that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher and will guide us to to, to a better understanding of His Holy Word. Or otherwise, if you approach and direct to the Bible without submitting yourselves to the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible will remain as hard, difficult, and closed book to you. If you do not submit to the Holy Spirit of God, do not expect that you can get something from it. You may even get something wrong, and then that will be to the you know, uh, perishing of your soul. If you will not approach this with the Holy Spirit of God, do not expect, my friend, that you can get anything good from the Bible. John chapter 16, verse number 12. John 16, verse number 12. Jesus Christ spoken here, to his disciples, and he said, "I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. <laughs> howbeit, howbeit, when he and who's this he? I believe he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. When he, the Spirit of Truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself." But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. You see that? It is the Holy Spirit that will open to us the understanding of the future. It is the Holy Spirit that will open to us what the Bible says and what God says in his word. It is the Holy Spirit that will show us. Without the Holy Spirit, this book is just like a novel. This book is has no meaning to you. And this book, is a very perplexing and and, and and very hard to understand, and therefore many people just put this Bible on the side and not opening it because they are, there is no way for them to understand the word. You see, but it is the Holy Spirit, my friend, it is the Holy Spirit when you go home tonight, when you when you open the Bible, approach this with you know the submission of the Holy Spirit. Do not be like the philosophers. Do not be like those intellectual people. Do not like uh, those intellectual people who will not submit to God because they think of themselves, they have, they have learned enough of this world. But no, my friend, we need the Holy Spirit to, to approach this Bible. In verse number, in that text, John 16, verse number. Um, verse number 13 again how be it when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come verse 14 and he shall glorify me for he shall not for he shall receive of mine and again there's a word and shall shew it unto you Verse number 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Everything in the Bible, the Holy Spirit will drive you into understanding. But if you do not submit to the Holy Spirit of God, just like Plato, Socrates, and Nietzsche, that they do not want God to intervene in their lives, they will never see, no matter how brilliant they are they will never see what god is intending and purpose in his word it's a waste they are very brilliant and yet they do not believe in god they became fools professing themselves to be wise they became fools any person that is highly intellectual in this world and he does not believe in god he is fool he's a fool without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the aid of the Holy Spirit, man cannot understand the Bible. It cannot. Another thing that we will learn today, not just that the Bible is a hard, difficult book, not just that the Bible is inspired, but also that the Bible is a book of oneness. It is the book of oneness. Go to 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 21. 2nd Peter chapter 1 verse 21, the Bible says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the holy ghost. Now, the oneness here of the Bible or the unity of the Bible is a miracle. It is a miracle. I will tell you, when, if you are familiar with your Bible, uh, from starting from Genesis, and you will go forward and, and go to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then go to Joshua and Judges, all the way to Revelation. If you count them, there are 66 books there. This book that I'm holding in my hand has 66 books in it. In other words, this Bible that we are holding is a library of itself. A library of 66 books. And this library of 66 books um, uh, was written by over 35 or maybe 40 different authors, different people, and different period of time. Approximately from, uh, from the time of Moses all the way to the time of John the beloved. And that disparity of time is one th- around 1,500 years in the making. This Bible was written for about 1,500 years and represented in the authors is a cross-section of humanity. They have educated people and they also have uneducated people like Peter and all those fishermen. And they include kings and they in, uh, they, this includes um, um, fishermen, public officials, farmers, teachers. And physicians. And you know what they are talking about? What they wrote about? Uh, Included in the subjects are religion, history, law, science, poetry, drama, biography, and prophecy. It's so vast and wide. The subjects covered is so vast and wide. Yet, its various parts are as harmoniously united as the part of human body. It's very, you know, our, our parts of our body, it's just doing, you know, their, their respective functionality in order for our body to operate. The eye has a purpose there, why it's the eye. The ears, the mouth, the tongue, the lips, the, the feet, the hands, the head, the chest. Every part of our body, they are just working, you know, their own functionality so that our body can move. Our body can, can exist. The same thing is true with the Bible. This is harmonious in, in, their, in their unity uh, and, and for over 35 authors, different people with such varied backgrounds to write on so many subjects over a period of approximately 1,500 years, is in absolute harmony. They are working together in absolute harmony. But if you sum this up, if you add this up, I will tell you, it is a mathematical impossibility. It cannot be done. And it could not happen. Then now, the question is, how do we account for the Bible? How do we account for the Bible? The only adequate explanation is now written in, the, in verse number 21. And notice the last phrase. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That answers the question of who is the author the author of the Bible. The Bible with all its vastness and intricacies has only one author. And the author is the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. That is why they come together in unity. Because there is only one mind that puts all these words together. You see, the Bible is a difficult book. The Bible is you know, um, inspired by God. But not, lastly here, take a look. The Bible also has a special power. This Word of God has a special power. And indeed, it's very powerful. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. The Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice again, for the word of God is quick and powerful. Now, what power? What power? The word of God has a dividing power. It can divide. I'll tell you, before you got saved, you know, you are you are you know uh, like um, um, mixed together with that with that sin in your life. When we when we, before we got saved, you know, it's it's just like easy to for us to commit sin. But once you are saved and the Word of God is in your life, then the Word of God will point to that sin. And the Word of God has a has a power, has a dividing power, has a sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Bible, which is the Holy Word of God. The Bible will separate man from sin. Whether you like it or not, my friend. That's why in our church sometimes it's very uncomfortable if we, if we play with sin. If we, love, if we love sin, it's very uncomfortable. Because we know that this word is pointing to us and it's so sharp. And, and you, you, you just bear it for a while. But later on, you cannot stay in the church and read the Bible and listen to the Bible. Because the word of God is so sharp. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You cannot bear it. And time will come that you will separate yourself from here because you have sinned. But my friend, the Bible will separate man from sin or your sin will separate you from the Bible. Because the Bible and sin cannot go together. It cannot go together. You see... Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot say, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Our sin will separate us from the Bible. And thank God. He just done that. Our sins are separated away from us. And the Word of God is quick and powerful. And what power again? The Word of God has a reflecting power as a mirror. This is the Bible that we can see ourselves of who we really are. When we look at God's you know, uh, perspective and view of man and ourselves, we can see ourselves as sinners. As God sees us as sinners. You see, the Bible we see uh, here, we can see ourselves as God sees us. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in verse number 10 of Romans 3, verse number 10, it says, um, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. So that is what we are. We are all gone out of the way. In in verse number, uh, uh, and we have become unprofitable. There is none that doeth God. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of us is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatsoever things that law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The word knows that already. The Lord knows that already, that we are all sinners. And he sees us as sinners. And you cannot see yourself as sinners until you come to the point of God's point of view. When you see, when you read the Bible and understand it, you can see God's view. And you you see yourself as God sees yourself as sinner. The Word of God is quick and powerful. Why? Because the Word of God has a cleansing power like water. It has a cleansing power. Sometimes Christians will, will think that baptism can wash away our sins. No, it cannot wash away our sins. It is the blood of Jesus Christ can wash away our sins. Because the sins that we have done and committed in this world does not you know, uh, uh, reside in the surface of our skin. The sins that man has done is right there deep within it is now, you know, entangling the soul. And the blood of Jesus Christ from the cross of Calvary is the one that can penetrate the soul. And wash all those sins away. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, not the, not the water in baptism. Why? Because Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 26. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 26. It says... That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. This Bible will act like water to cleanse our soul. But it's not water. It's just acting like water. And you see, my friend, the word of God has a cleansing power. Because when you read the Bible, it convicts you of your sin. When I read it, oh, I, I have done this wrong. Oh, I will look at the pages and the lines of the Bible, and I point myself into that. Oops, Lord, forgive me. And when I read it, and the Lord will bring my attention to those things that I have done wrong, and then it cleanses me because I come to the Lord for the forgiveness of sins, and then by the by, by the um, Word of God uh, we will be cleansed. David at one time prayed that God would wash him from his iniquity and cleanse him from his sin because it was so grave. The sins of David were so grave that uh, it was a sin that's punishable by death. He, He murdered Uriah and he took Bathsheba by adultery. Adultery is punishable by death in Israel and in God's eyes. And murder is punishable by death. In, in Israel and also in God's eyes. Both of these sin committed by David in one act. To just to get Bathsheba to become his wife. And that is why David prayed to God. That God would wash away all his iniquity and his, uh, and his sins to be cleansed um, away from him. The word of God has a power to cleanse and the word of God. Has a power like a, um, to reproduce? It has a power to reproduce. In First Peter chapter two, verse number two. 1 Peter chapter two, verse number two. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. The word of God has a reproductive power, a seed. We, as children of God. We come to God because we have been born into the family of God. By what means? By, by the incorruptible seed of God. And this is our new birth as mentioned in John chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. And the word of God also not just has a reproductive power, but the word of God has a nourishing power as food. As we have read in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2, uh, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the Word. It can, it can nourish our spirit. It can nourish our soul. Jesus Christ said, Not by bread alone. We are very we are very uh you know uh careful of our job we are very careful not to get late in our work we are very careful not to upset our boss because we 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 take care we take care so much of our job we don't want to upset our boss and and again uh, uh you have to understand that the income that you can get from that job is not all there is to survive in this world. The money that we can gain from our companies and from our job. Jesus Christ said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out from the mouth of the Lord, doth man live. You cannot survive in this life with just, you know, work, 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 and work. You cannot survive, God said, Jesus Christ said, you need the word of God. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, the Bible is our spiritual food for the soul. No Christian can remain strong in the Lord and not study the word of God. You cannot stay strong. In fact, a lot of Christians, they look healthy outside, but they are malnourished spiritually. They cannot even walk, you know, uh, spiritually. A lot of us, a lot of us, or a lot of Christians right now, spiritually, they are now on wheelchair. They just don't realize it. A lot of Christians on wheelchair. Why? Because they are so, you know, um, um, malnourished through the Word. They don't want the Bible in their lives that will provide them the strength as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow. What if you do not have the Word of God? You will not grow. You cannot grow your muscles spiritually. You cannot have the strength for your legs to stand up spiritually. A lot of Christians are still sitting You know, uh, all throughout the day, all throughout the week, spiritually, they are sitting. Why? They could not stand. They could not stand by their own because they have no strength in their legs spiritually. Why? Because they put aside the Word of God that's supposed to give them that nourishment that they will be able to stand and grow thereby. In conclusion this morning, God wants you to grow. God wants you to be s- strong. God wants you to be of, 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 of a blessing of many others. But you cannot be a blessing to others if you yourself will become a burden to others. We need to be strengthened. And this is God's advice. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15... 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now notice what God says. Study to show thyself approved unto God. In other words, it is a command. It is a command of God for all of us to open this book. You will get You know the nourishment of your soul. You can learn things from here. Do not put that aside. Do not open the Bible when you come. When you just come to church, open it every single day. In 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 um, 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 Joshua chapter one verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The Lord has promised good success in the Bible, in the word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. And God said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. My friend, as the Lord wants you to know his word. Would you ask God to say, Lord, um, um, give me more craving for your word. Lord, give me that appetite Lord, give me the time. Because sometimes, Lord, uh, without me knowing it, I'm just wasting it with YouTube. Sometimes I'm just wasting my time with internet. Sometimes I'm just wasting my time with, uh, I'm addicted to games, computer games. Lord, please give me the appetite for your word so that I can grow in my Christian life. My friend, you need to ask God for that. You need to seek God to help you. Because without God's help, you cannot do it. The things that you would, that you do not. And the things that I would not, that do I, Apostle Paul said. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But thanks be to God. You see, you go back to God. Because it is God that will deliver you from your addiction. Whatever it is that takes your time away from the word of God. That takes your time away from the spirit of God. Go back to God and seek God and ask God, Lord, give me. Give me the craving for your word. Give me this wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and that prayeth not, and it shall be given him. My friend, as much as I want to help all of you, but I will tell you, you are the one to help yourself. And the way for you to help yourself is first and foremost, go to God. Ask God and seek God for his help. And he will help you. And he will give you that craving. He will give you that understanding. The understanding of his way. The understanding of his will. And then you will grow in your Christian life. And you can be useful in the work of the ministry. And the Lord will bless you and all the people around you, including your family. You see, it is the word of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father, thank you, Lord, for... Our preparation for this year, the word of God must be established in our lives. The word of God must be established, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have that craving. Help us, Lord, to gain that wisdom coming from your word. Because, Lord, it's so hard to make decisions in this life. And you are not there to help us in making right decisions. Lord, help us. Give us wisdom. And bless, Lord, your people and bless them mightily. And give them, Lord... Um, the prosperity that they desire, and give them also the the growth that desire that they desire in their Christian lives, so that Lord they can be of use in the work of the ministry. Bless all of us, O oh God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, if we'll stand, we'll sing our closing hymn.